Hello, and welcome back to Archives of Fabella Daily, the only podcast going deep about dragons. Today is April 8th, equal to Aries 19th. Books are available on Amazon. Please rate and review the podcast on iTunes, or wherever you listen to your podcasts, and hit that subscribe button for more great stories right in your feed. In 1570, Pope Pius V excommunicated Queen Elizabeth I of England, but in Fabella, a famed zoologist was first to shed light on the most dangerous monsters in the world. I'm Dylan Foley, and this is Archives of Fabella. Beyond our world, there is love. Beyond our world, there is war. Beyond our world, there is life. Beyond our world, there is Fabella. Aries 19th, 5570, FY, Fabella year, equal to April 8th, 1570 AD, Earth year. On Aries 19th, 5570, famed goblin scholar Haas Rugard released his compendium on the classification of dragons. It was the first of its kind to highlight beasts which for years had been mislabeled and misunderstood. Haas Rugard spent eight years observing the habits and grouping of dragons into their correct subspecies. This was the list of species he presented to the royal court of Avalon in 5570. Alphans, or fire foxes, were small to medium-sized omnivorous animals belonging to the canine family. Alphans were slightly smaller than a medium-sized domestic dog. Characteristics included a flattened skull, upright triangular ears, a pointed snout, a long bushy tail, red talons, and flowing orange fur. Males had an added yellow mane, which gradually changed red as they aged. Wild alphans lived about one to three years, although individuals could survive up to ten years. There was one alpha male and no less than two mates to a pack. Alphan pups were born beet red and hairless. They would traditionally walk between three to five days after birth and were running in fourteen days. The elephant's flame-colored fur made it look as if they were on fire as they ran, light and durable. Their bones were specifically built for running as they raced across the Fabellan landscape. Animotoboga dragons were actually three creatures in one. Metamorphosis was one of the truly heartbreaking stories the creatures of Fabella had to tell. 
First, they were, in essence, born immortal. Animoto Boga dragons could survive for hundreds, even thousands of years. They could, of course, be killed just like any other animal. However, the only way they could die naturally was through the process of mating. If an Animoto Boga dragon could not find a mate, they would go on living as a blind, underwater serpent, quite possibly till the end of the world. The most famous example of this was a Loch Ness monster. The Animoto Boga dragon had perhaps the strangest breeding ritual in all of Fabella. Procreation was the one and only thing that could naturally kill them. Unfortunately, the beasts were unable to resist the charm of the opposite sex. Unable to reproduce until they became serpents, the male Animoto Boga dragon died in the act of insemination, while the female was left to carry a baby that would kill her as it clawed out of the stomach upon birth. Baby skimmers were the first stage of the Animoto Boga dragon's long cycle. Skimmers would not get more than a couple feet off the ground upon birth, but gradually gained the strength to fly higher as they grew into flyers. Flyers resembled the most traditional appearance of a dragon. They were able to breathe fire and could stay in this stage for a very long time. Eventually, flyers began the metamorphosis into the final serpent stage. As serpents, their ability to breathe fire disappeared along with their sight, wings, and sharp talons. Serpents swam around the sea until they found a good mate and began the cycle all over again. Apalalas were dragon-whale hybrids living in the ocean's watery depths. They were a widely distributed and diverse group of fully aquatic reptiles. Apalalas were creatures of the open ocean. They fed, mated, laid eggs, and raised their young at sea. Their underwater life was so extreme that they were unable to survive on land. They surfaced to breathe at random increments throughout the day based primarily on their size. Apalalas ranged in size from the 8.5 feet and 298 pounds to 98 feet and 210 short tons. This enormous difference in size was due largely to their diet of fish. Some regions of the ocean didn't have a large supply of fish schools, so Apalalas had to subsist on much smaller marine creatures and go for longer periods without feeding. Early merfolk paid close attention to the size of apalalas when selecting seabeds on which to settle. Sites with smaller apalalas were remote and not home to underwater urban life. The Bujanga dragon was a flying beast in Fabella, part of the reptilian family. Bujanga dragons traditionally had dark blue scales. They were fire breathers who normally roosted around the equator. Militaries began domesticating them as early as the age of dynasties. Their roars were highly distinctive from other dragon species because the pitch was high to low. All other dragon species' roars were the direct opposite. Sella 
were small dragons, traditionally kept as pets due to their docile nature. There were roughly 600 species of Sela found throughout Fabella, most in temperate regions of the world. Characteristics of the Sela included four legs, an upright stance, and powerful legs. Sela came in a variety of colors, just like parrots on Earth. Most Sela breathed fire, but veterinarians would remove the gland that produced harmful releases of fire, tar, ice, and acid. Owning a Sela which had not been declawed, had their teeth filed down, or a gland removed, was forbidden in most cities. Sela were among the most intelligent dragons, and they had the ability to imitate speech. They could store speech memory incredibly well, such that they could be taught to speak for the owners who were incapable of talking. Cockatrices were scattered throughout Fabella's equator. They hunted in small packs of around seven females and one alpha male. Habitats consisted of fortified nests constructed from twigs, flower petals, and leaves to camouflage themselves against the forest floor. It was here the cockatrice would lie in wait for prey to stray across it. A cockatrice would build its nest wherever it thought would be a good place to pounce on some poor animal. The average cockatrice clan would have at least nine nests spread throughout the region. Cockatrices were lean, mean, killing machines. Their talons could rip clean into an animal's organs in one swipe. A long tail, layered with spikes, acted as a perfect club, and their ear-piercing screeches were enough to deafen centaurs. They had wings, but were almost completely useless. The wings were really only there to help the cockatrice glide silently to the ground after leaping great distances. A cockatrice's legs were strong enough for it to hop 60 feet in the air. They could glide 10 miles before being forced to land. Dahak dragons were three-headed dragons. Each head was capable of releasing a different kind of substance, fire, tar, and acid. The acid was capable of eroding a full-grown man to mush. Tar suffocated anyone coated in a sticky material to death. Fire burned anything in its path. Unlike their close cousin, the Hydra, they could not grow back their heads when one had been severed. All heads were constantly on the lookout to defend itself. Draco dragons were medium-sized dragons that hoarded precious treasures, primarily red in color. Dracos exclusively breathed fire. They lived in solitary choosing to sleep mostly in caves and abandoned fortresses. If Smaug from The Hobbit was a dragon, he would be a Draco. Dracos were the smartest of the dragon species. Studies proved that they were capable of complex thought and even human speech. Dragon horses were exactly what they sounded like. They were reptilian steeds with layers of dragon-like scales, hard as rock. 
They weren't very comfortable at all to ride, but they were intimidating. They came in a variety of colors and could breathe fire. This ability made them highly favorable to military cavalries. Being raised in such harsh conditions caused dragon horses to develop an extremely aggressive demeanor. They were forbidden to be owned for public use. Ganariva dragons, also known as golden dragons, were the largest beasts in the dragon family. The monstrous animal was just a massive, four-legged chunk of gilded scales upon scales. Bony, razor-sharp protrusions migrated down its spine. The ground quaked with every step it took. On top of that, it could unleash a punishing jet of fire from its gaping maw. Male bulls and female cows mated in the winter. Mothers laid their eggs by summer and fall, which was usually when hatching took place. Baby hatchlings became chicks or calves for one year. They remained this way until reaching adulthood at age seven. The Hydra was the apex predator of the ocean deep. This lethal serpent was a killing machine with the ability to sprout two heads for every one cut off. New heads could develop in as little as 10 seconds. The only way to kill a Hydra was to aim for the body. All heads were constantly on the alert to protect the body at all costs. Hydras were asexual, meaning they didn't breed like typical animals. Young Hydras were formed with the heads of an adult, which hid in a dormant egg directly under the brain. Hydras grew with such an alarming rate that they went from babies to full-grown adults in a matter of days. The last classification of dragon that Haas Rugard included in his initial release was the Condora dragons. These were the most docile dragons available for riding. They were the only vegetarian dragon dining exclusively on plant life. Unlike other dragon species, they were incapable of releasing any noxious chemical or substance like fire or tar. They were the only dragon species approved for public use to pull flying carts and wagons. Condoras were really only good for getting from point A to point B. They could stay in the air longer than a pegasus, but still needed to rest regularly. Haas Rugard became one of the first zoologists, and thanks to his work with dragons, Fabella was able to domesticate and divert large migratory paths of dragons from their kingdoms and towns. Thanks to Haas Rugard, the study of animals and wildlife gained popularity as one of the world's most honorable professions. That's going to do it for us today. Tune in tomorrow for the birth of the Olympians. Subscribe now to get more new episodes right in your feed. Rate and review the podcast on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Send your questions to archivesoffabella at gmail.com. Archives of Fabella is created 
produced and hosted by Dylan Foley, with music by Garrett Ferris and Audioblocks. Books are available on Amazon in ebook and paperback. As always, look outside of what is possible and think about what might be.